Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I now hate history and all forms of fiction after this episode. Does that count? No. Oh. You're just to say, well, I'm fantastic and blah. Yeah, I would, but, uh, but now I'm mad at you for making me watch this. I did, Matt, again, I told you, you know, when you made that legally binding uh, contract with the text <laughs> message... I, you know, I'm not responsible for your decisions. Uh, hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Um, appreciate everyone who supports us. Mm, I encourage everyone to check us out. Help, uh, help support the show. Help us keep the lights on, so to speak. This week's episode is Simpsons Tall Tales, episode CABF17. It originally aired May 20th, 2001. Written by John Frank and Don Payne, Bob Benditson, and Matt Selman, and directed by Bob Anderson. Uh, the ratings were a 7.6, which is probably like 7.8 million viewers. It finished in 33rd place for the ratings of that week. Uh, it, apparently, they had a run-up. There are two Simpsons episodes. Two Simpsons episodes prior to this, so it was a full 90 minutes of Simpsons in prime time. Which would have been great if these episodes were <laughs> if it ended on anything good. It, yeah. Um the chakra gag. I should not I should not be twenty one by now. <laughs> uh-huh. It's alright. Uh the couch gag living room is a subway station and the Simpsons enter an arriving train. It's something. something. It's something. That's Matt and I both agree. We've not it's something. Uh this is the last episode of season twelve. Oh th- oh, I'm so happy. It's it's really good that it's the last one of season twelve. Not, but we not still have last Scully episode though. No, we have five more after this. Five. I mean, they it is only twenty two episode season, so it's a little short. Mm-hmm. So five more, mm. we can do it. Five. Well, honestly, did... honestly, looking at some of these, I remember them as being not too bad. I mean, the ones in, in season thirteen are like Homer the Mo, not terrible. Hunger, Hunger Burns in Love. I've seen worse. <laughs> uh, the parent wrapped the blunder years. That one was a little really iffy, but we'll see. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, it is end of season 12 then, Matt. We've gotten here. We've made it. We survived with our sanity intact for the most part. Uh, I'm not so sure. I'm starting to think that I, at least I know that you feel the same way as I do. So at least as I, I sense you feel the same way about this episode that I do. Because uh, it's tired. It's just tiring. This episode is just tiring. I just felt so exhausted. I it's twenty minutes. It's not long. It is relatively well paced. I just, but I felt just tired after I watched it. Well, yeah, because there's nothing original here. There's there's no story. It's just hey, what if we took these already existing stories and Simpsonized them, and and did it very poorly. <laughs> uh, we begin Act One with the family winning a trip to Delaware. Remember they made that joke about yeah that yeah, I remember and now they're making it they're they doing it for real mm-hmm. okay uh so they go to the airport and go to Delaware and we get an introduction to what becomes the frame story of this episode I can't believe it we won another contest the Simpsons are going to Delaware I want to see Wilmington I want to visit a screen door factory yep Delaware's got it all. You're next, Mr. Simpson. Hey, wait a minute. Airport tax, $5. Sir, it's a standard fee. Well, 
We are not boarding that plane unless you wave that tax. Wave it! Stupid anti-fist-shaking laws! The Simpsons are riding the rails! Cool, a dead hobo. Morning, folks. What are you gonna do to us? Now, don't worry, I'm not a stabbing hobo, I'm a singing hobo. Oh. Nothing beats the hobo life. Stabbing folks with my hobo knife. I gouge them. Uh, excuse me, hobo. Can you play something a little less unnerving? <laughs> sure. I, I was just having a little fun with you, no bows. Uh, here's a ballad that'll set fire to your trash can. Won't you listen to my tale that's ten stories tall about a king-sized woodsman named a bunion comma Paul? It takes him a long time to set this up, doesn't it? Uh, consider, like, like, it's not, it's not terrible. I mean, to be fair, man, they get to what this episode technically is way faster than they do in a normal episode. Like, literally, like, what last that's week it true, took ten minutes. I, I feel like... <laughs> But but these stories, like these three-part acts, like a Treehouse of Horror, you really don't want the frame story to be like two or three minutes. And I guess this was only two or three minutes, but it also hurt. I mean, they it's it's the I think the problem is that there is no I I don't know I don't mind frankly I don't mind the hobo singing because I think this there his little songs are at least like cleverly written to talk about the subjects. But they kind of trail off as we get through the episode, and I don't care. I I don't know. They're not – when you think about the old frame stories of the Trials of Horror episodes, they are – they're charming in a certain way because it it puts the the – it puts – like, I think it contrasts the kind of absurdity of the stories of, like, the Trials of Horror segments where, like, yeah, it, none of it's real. None of its there's not even a sense of continuity or or real life physics or like crazy things happen and and we don't have to obey any normal rules and like that's why it's kind of charming when it's just like it's a very simple of Homer Lisa and Bart in the treehouse telling stories or them having a uh, Halloween party and Bart's dressed up like uh, Alex from Clockwork Orange and and stuff like that because oh. Yeah, it's it kind of that it grounds it in the real life world of the Simpsons and then diverges from it into this fantastical world of the the horror stories. And they've departed from the the frame narratives of the Shreds of Horror segments, Shreds of Horror for, for the most part and largely of any of their trilogy of error or, you know, anthology episodes. They've largely tried to avoid any kind of frame narrative because they've lost time over the years so they have less time to do episodes in in general so it makes it even harder to include a, a frame narrative but the frame narrative in this case is absurd and not good absurd it's them writing uh, it's them writing the matt they're writing the rails because they didn't pay a five dollar airport tax because homer shook his fist at someone yeah, that was gonna be my problem. It, it's bad enough. Like, they couldn't just find a hobo. Like, oh, the Simpsons are walking along and find a hobo one day, and that's he starts singing stories to them. It's fine. No, you have to have this ridiculous frame story of 
winning a trip to Delaware and then getting kicked out of the airport. Like, really? Really? Well, I mean, it's the... It's pretty- it's the it's the thing that it's not that it's like absurd or ridiculous is the problem. The problem is that it's so like they're so so it's so pleased they're so pleased with themselves and they do it multiple times throughout the episode. Uh, mostly with Lisa, like constantly like winking at the audience, like hey hey hey, get it, get it. Remember we talked about Delaware not too long ago and how that's like a joke and how the Simpsons are how we made fun of us. Of the the family going on vacations because they're going to Delaware and now they're actually going to Delaware and they're on a train and it's when you depart so far from reality and then also tell stories about these you know the the fun of the being uh, the fun of Trials of Horror stories to me the fun of any of the anthology stories that are that work. Are that because because they're so absurd and so ridiculous, and that the normal Simpsons would never use them? You can't use them in a normal Simpsons episode because they're too ridiculous. They're too cartoonish. The Scullyers erase all of that because everything else in the Scullyers is also cartoonish and ridiculous and couldn't possibly happen in real life. So there's not really a big difference between the things happening. It's this could be, might as well just be a normal episode in the Scullyers. So I, it's it's not, it, it's not that it takes forever, because I think, frankly, the time in this episode is fine. Like I don't, it doesn't matter because I don't care about any of it. <laughs> I don't find myself going, oh man, if they had just gotten to something good faster, I just go, oh, it's doesn't matter because all of it doesn't matter. I don't know if that's that's not good. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's good that I feel that way, but I don't, it doesn't stand out to me. I I think that, and this hobo, we don't, I don't think this hobo gets a name. He does not. He's just Mr. Hobo. He's just a hobo and he has a lot of character. And I was like, why can't we just have, have someone like have a familiar person telling these, this story and, and then have, no, it's just a hobo. It's just some random guy. Regardless, I don't. I I don't I don't know. We we meet Paul Bunyan, Matt. Paul Bunyan is our first story. Who is Homer? Homer is Paul Bunyan, which is fine. I think I think honestly the the roles in all of this are also fine. Like I think actually, like on a like like if you told me like in a vacuum, okay, they're doing a Tall Tales episode of The Simpsons anthologies. Uh, the first one we have Homer playing Paul Bunyan. All right. Second one we have Lisa playing Connie Appleseed. All right. Three, we have Bart and Nelson play Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. I like, all right, that all works. That all makes perfect sense to me. You you fit those characters and archetypes that work really well. But I, there's nothing, nothing beyond, I don't, so there's nothing beyond any of this. There's no second level or third level. They don't use these myths to explore anything about Homer's character. There's nothing there. It's just, like, if you enjoy homer running around as a giant it's it's not it's not even things any really special about paul bunyan either like when you think about what these tall tales are they these all these stories are really like american myths and even tom Sawyer and huck finn which we'll get to lisa going there that's not a tall tale that's a, a book uh but yeah. sure uh but either way they're all american stories you know and the simpsons are like the preeminent american television family and I think, like, 
there are points where it kind of almost gets to a like I think the Connie app like it almost gets to something about America, which I think is what you I that's what I would like theoretically would think that this thing is gonna be like if it's gonna be about anything. You make it about, like, hey, it's about, like, just to center, like, to base the stories on. It's about American myth and about American tall tales and legends and stuff. And work it around that stuff. To just to have, give it a general theme, something. But it's really just, like, a bunch, the Paul Bunyan bit is really just a bunch of jokes about Paul Bunyan is is big. He's a giant. So, he... He just, uh, we get introduced to him. He, we find out that, uh, he's born a giant baby. Um, he destroys everything he touches. Like he, the town he lives in is constantly destroyed by him, I guess. And, and apparently he just uh, like just steps on people all the time. And he just murders them. He accidentally eats some of them. He, I mean, Lenny doesn't, isn't dead. He doesn't kill Lenny. Lenny gets out because we see him at the end of the episode. I don't understand how that happens, because basically Homer flipped Lenny and some pancakes, and he definitely chewed the pancakes, so... Oh, Lenny dodged them teeth, I guess, Matt. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. It, whatever. So, but he's he he costs this town a lot of resources, because he takes a lot of work to feed, and he's constantly destroying the town, so they want to get rid of him. And this is not also not a bad idea, because that is a thing about Homer. You know Homer, the No Homers Club, Homer always wants acceptance... We talked about that. I've talked about it in some recent episode that I hated. <laughs> so that's that's all right. There you go. We got something that's kind of connecting Paul Bunyan, this version of Paul Bunyan to Homer. Okay. So the town needs him out. They devise a plan to kick Paul Bunyan out of town. We got to do something about Bunyan. We're going bankrupt just feeding and clothing the guy, not to mention the crushings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, hey, I say we get him drunk and drag him out of town. Say where we got rid of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, that's I hated her. Uh, hey, Paulie, uh, what say we buy your beer? Uh, you guys are the greatest friends a giant doofus could have. <laughs> Good Lord, brought down by one beer. And a couple of these babies. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to the barn dance. Watch his head. Where am I? Oh, they don't want me anymore. Paul was just as lonely as a man could get, so he took out his axe and he carved himself a pit. Do we really need the, the date rape jokes? I would hope not, but apparently uh, in a room that in, I have to assume at this point was filled with entirely old men, uh, yes, because that is funny to them. Is Hey, look, there's this awful character and he jokes about date rape. But he would totally never do it, wink, wink. Ah. Uh in our paul it's a it's a paul bun why guys why why is it in a paul bunyan you need so many laughs per second and if you don't have them it'll fail so you have to just throw random crap in there robbie obviously matt i'm gonna say this i did not laugh one time in this entire episode i don't think i did either i had moments where i go oh that's clever but i never laughed no 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 
I, I think I smiled slightly when Homer was listening off what he wanted for breakfast with the uh, huevos, buffaleros, and et cetera, et cetera. But we'll get to that. Ah, got it. Um, so, uh, also, I do want to point out that this is the thing that stood out to me of all this, all this insanity. They drag Homer, they drag Paul, excuse me, it's Paul Bunyan. They drag Paul Bunyan, like, maybe, like, six of his footsteps away from town? What is it, Matt? He could easily just walk back. He's so dumb, he'll never be able to find his way back. But he realizes, I, like, uh, okay, I'm just, I don't, I don't know. So, he makes a, he carves himself the blue ox, babe the blue ox, out of a mountain with his axe. And then he wishes for it, and then I guess the Aurora Borealis and a lightning bolt makes Babe real? Yes. Okay. Magic. Magic makes Babe real. It's, sure, whatever. I don't care. Uh, So he has an ox now. He has a pet. At this point, Lisa chimes in. This is not the first time Lisa chimes in in this episode, telling about, talking about how the story is inconsistent. Paul Bunyan never fought Rodan. And his size seems to be really inconsistent. I mean, one minute he's ten feet tall, the next his feet are as big as a lake. Hey, 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 who's the hobo here? I'm just saying. Now Paul and Babe were a mighty fine match. But the man had an itch that an ox couldn't scratch. So, now they they have Lisa as voice of the audience. And hey, this is stupid. I <laughs> this is not the the latter of her talking about uh, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn is I think more. Oh yeah, more, a little bit more pointed. But I feel like this is them just heading off any criticism off the past. Like, hey, I mean, I don't really care. Again, it doesn't even. This is not as bad as some of the other things because it's about tall tales. It's just it doesn't need to be said, or it could be said smarter. And I think that's really where I'm at. Was a lot of things in this episode. Would it be bad if they were just smarter? Like, if you had Lisa acknowledge the fact that tall tales are all about differing myths and how they kind of mesh together, and they don't ever make sense. And Like, there's lots of, of myths and legends uh, and how they're you know descended from storytelling around campfires and how people told stories in different ways and they kind of merged and they diverged and merged back together and they changed how things and stories were told. But they just have Lisa just be a, a uh, annoying nerd because that's what Lisa is for the most part in the Scully years. Um, so now we have Homer fine Marge. Marge is normal sized. Homer is big. So that's they they like each other for some reason. I don't know. Marge likes him. For, for she's terrified of him for about six seconds, and then he grabs her, picks her up off the ground, and says she's pretty. So because he complimented her, she loves him. All of all of a sudden, we get a montage of them going on dates. Right? Great. Indeed, we do. Uh, we do. We really, really do. I don't. There's some jokes about sex that she needs to have more, do more yoga. Before they have sex. Yeah, because get it? Because he's so much bigger than yeah, her. He's very large. Paul Bunyan is large man. It sure, whatever. It it's all this is all it just feels like filler. It's like mm-hmm. a McDonald's it's like a McDonald's chicken nugget in here. Uh hey, those are no longer mostly filler. Regardless. What 
Homer fights Marge. Now he has a a girlfriend or wife. Are they? They're not married because they didn't get married. But he gives her a giant ring that she wears around her waist. But now the town needs Homer again because there's a meteor coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a meteor coming. The town needs Homer. They say we need you. Please help. And he goes, Oh, you need me now because now all of a sudden you need me. And he, they go, Yeah. And he goes, Okay. That's not a. I, I don't know. So they he comes and he's come back to rescue the town from the meteor. Except he was going to hit it with a baseball with like a big tree trunk. Uh, instead, he bends over and it goes into his butt crack. Ha 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 ha. I don't know. I can't. I don't think I can roll my eyes hard enough to be heard over my microphone. But I, that's that's he. It, it goes in his butt and then he pulls it out, throws it into Chicago, and starts the Great Chicago Fire. Apparently. Mm-hmm. That's what caused the Great Chicago Fire. Paul Bunyan throwing a flaming meteorite at it. Yeah, yeah. I would say the the end. Like, I, I think I figured it out, Matt. I think I figured it out. I think I figured out why I don't like this episode. Oh, really? You, there are just it's there, so many reasons. No, no, no. I, the overarching reason. Okay. Not okay. There's lots of scullier things that are bother me a lot, but I can get over a lot of them. However. The endings of all three of them are terrible. And I think that's largely the thing that bothers me. It's not like any, all the stuff that happens in between is fine for the most part. It's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. I think I was, there's there something like, like, pick, I was trying to like picking at the back of my mind. Like, why is it? So why am I feel so downtrodden after I watch this thing? It's because the endings are all miserable. They're all terrible. And like, all like, and that's not. A lot of Scully episodes endings are terrible because they can't they don't take the time to actually figure out a meaningful ending. They just think of a dumb idea and let it be the ending. And that's, hey, dumb ending number one. Homer throws a meteorite from his butt into onto Chicago and it lights it on fire and everyone cheers. Yeah, it couldn't just be that he actually helped anybody. No, he has to do something stupid and make it worse for someone else because pain is the only thing you can laugh at. <laughs> You're... Not far from the truth, Matt. So, uh, that's the end of the Paul Bunyan story. But then we cut back to the frame narrative with, uh, with a little bit, a little bit of time with the hobo again. That's how Paul Bunyan started the Great Chicago Fire. Boy, that story had everything. A giant, house crushing, a meteor. Townspeople. Got any more tall tales? Well, I suppose I could spin you a few more yarns. But first, who wants to give me a sponge bath? I'm filthy. All right, but your next story better be worth it. Get in there good. Yeah, that's it. Don't be shy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Sponge yep. baths. Matt, hey, Matt, I'm going to... Not the last sponge bath joke in this episode. Yeah, that I'm very... Very unfortunately aware of. So we go to commercial. That's a uh, nine minutes and fifty six ninety nine minutes fifty six seconds in. Uh, we begin Act Two. Yes, uh, we have a horrific interlude of the family with the hobo again when we come back. Uh, but luckily, it, we skip fairly quickly to uh, Johnny. I'm sorry, Connie Appleseed, uh, because the hobo is uh, you know uh, gender inclusive. Uh, he sees Lisa and says, "Well, I'm going to tell a story about her." Uh, so that I can get her off my back, essentially. 
So uh, Lisa is Connie Appleseed, uh, and this uh, completely wrong uh, telling of history because Johnny Appleseed was a real person. Uh, so once again, like the third act, that's based on a book. This is based on a real person and completely wrong. But we're just going to go with it. Uh, Connie Appleseed uh, is moving west with her family in you know the old conestoga wagons and they're just killing buffalo left and right just constantly you throw something you shoot a bullet in a random direction it's going to kill a buffalo they're just so easy to kill that's the joke that they are ridiculously easy to kill and the family is just using them for absolutely everything yeah well i don't matt my i i uh my personal experience of killing buffalo in the oregon trail tells me that this is an absolute truth i mean all you had to do is have a gun and you just go out there and you kill them you shoot them with a gun and they die and there's hundreds of pounds of meat that you have to carry around that's all my experiences with buffalo really yep yeah i did did see i saw some buffalo this morning actually this is the the day we're recording this so they're they're big that's my that's my they're big that's my report guys don't uh, move a lot, Robbie. Uh, uh, this is Robbie. I'm reporting in from on from the ground level. Uh, buffalo are big. Back to you. Thank you, Robbie. Uh, here in Boring Land, uh, <laughs> at, at this point, uh, Lisa is uh, Connie Appleseed, but she's also herself. So uh, she decides that what she is going to do is she is going to come up with a better way of doing things. Why is it we have ladders that can put a man on the roof, but we can't find a renewable source of food? Think, Connie, think. Connie. What? Connie. (gasps) That tree! It seems to be calling to me. Of course! Apples! No, Connie, over here! Help me! So, yes, uh, that is the joke is that she is letting Hans Moman die uh, because she thinks she's having a vision. Ha 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 ha. So, uh, yes, uh, the buffalo are not a renewable source of food, but apparently apples are. Uh, but uh, apparently what Connie doesn't understand is all about rates is, yes, buffalo are a renewable source of food if you don't kill them at a much greater rate than you're actually producing them. Whereas apples, same diff. Same deal. Matt, I know this is, a, this is a, a stretch coming from me, Mr. Mister Overanalysis, but they didn't think about it for more than 10 seconds. They didn't, think about, they didn't think about any. They did not care. They, they thought of Connie Appleseed, and then they thought of, what's the thing we can put her in? Uh, you know, Buffalo. Killing Buffalo. Apples. Like none of this makes any sense. It doesn't matter. This is it. This is the like. I I I think there's a curl of something there with like you know Homer and all the other uh, people killing all these buffalo and how they're destroying this animal. And mm-hmm. there's something there. I would. It has nothing to do with Connie Connie Appleseed or Johnny Appleseed. It has nothing to do with anything. Like it doesn't. It's just a bunch of jokes about them meeting buffalo. That's what this, Matt, like, there's no plot here. It's just Lisa as, like, hey, I found apples. And then, oh, well, we're going to eat buffalo. And then how many jokes about eating buffalo are there? How many? It's it's just like, hey, we, we, it felt like they brainstormed for, like, three hours about buffalo, eating buffalo jokes. And that's all they just like, well, we have all these jokes. 
let's just put them into an episode. Or not even yeah. an episode, just seven, basically like five minutes of an episode. <laughs> yes, that, that's basically what it came down to is like, what can we make jokes about? Well, uh, we can make jokes about this. All right, we'll craft something around that and we'll say it involves, I don't know, Johnny freaking Appleseed. It does. I don't. So. There's just there's no there's no renewable resource. It has, you know, a person dying for laughs. It's. They don't, there's no si- science, Matt? Literally, there was an episode this season of Lisa finding a, 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 a smell that bullies are attracted to. That's true. Fair enough. Anyway, moving on so we can get through this as quickly as possible. Uh, she goes back to her family. Uh, they reject apples as a food source. Uh, they would have been fine with them as long as they were buffalo testicles, but they're not. So, you know, uh, apples are not good enough. So, uh the family, uh, the, the the two groups, uh, you know, go separate ways. Uh, this is where Connie becomes Connie Appleseed. And we don't know what the family was named, uh, but the rest of the family changed their name to Buffalo Kill. Uh, and then, ha ha, the family wipes out all the buffalo. They've they've killed them all. They have buffalo skins all over the place and they eat them constantly. Uh, this one family is enough to completely wipe them out. Oh, look, there are two left. Homer shoots and kills them because that's, uh, yeah. I. Matt, there's yeah. there is again, there's a kernel there. If this was smarter, that's all it is. If this was smarter, it'd probably be fine. Because there is there well, you know, yeah. you could talk about how yeah, yeah, we as we as we spread across the nation went west, we, you know, destroyed so many natural resources because we are dumb. And like, hey, there's plenty of stuff you could make jokes about there that are like smart and good, but they don't they just show it just making like they have just callous demonstrations of Homer as this, you know, American imperialist colonializer. But they don't have there's nothing else there. You have to do more than that. There has to be another layer for it to work. It has to be something. And it's just, oh, he killed all the buffaloes. That's fine. There's not yep. a joke. That's not a joke, guys. Not a joke. There's Yep. I don't. Yep. 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 It's not a joke having oh when when you say when marge goes oh i think we killed them all oh wait there's two more and homer kills them what's the joke mm-hmm. someone tell me what the joke is it's it's that's not that's there's no that a punchline is that homer is a callous monster that's willing to kill more animals like okay i you could make that a joke if you have it you connect it to something else matt this is where we're at okay this is where we're at. I'm explaining what jokes are to comedy writers, apparently. Theoretically, comedy writers. Theoretically. Theoretically, I'm explaining what a joke is. This is not a joke. It's just cruelty. And, like, random, like, a a like a like random absurd moment of cruelty can be funny. Right? Okay? I'm not going to say well, it. Yeah. It can be funny if it's, a, like, a random absurd moment of cruelty. However... It is every moment of the Scully years is just soaked in cruelty because they think because I guess every that's writing room at the time just thought it was the funniest thing in the world for Pete, everyone, every character to be cruel all the time. And when all the characters are cruel all the time, you can't make jokes about it anymore because it's the normal. It's what you're talking about all the time. All if it's just constantly insane, insane things aren't funny. If it's constantly cruel, cruel things aren't funny. It's just cruelness. It's just cruelty for cruelty's sake. It's getting to me, man. I think I'm breaking. It's I I I need the end of the Scullyers as quickly as possible because I think I'm losing my mind. Uh, well, I think we're all losing our minds at this point. Okay. Uh, so good. yes, again, let's try and get through this as quickly as possible so we don't break our brains. 
So, uh, the two people, the two groups have gone their separate ways, Connie and her family, uh, but her family uh, is apparently a part of the Donner Party and ends up snowed in in a mountain and they're about to die. So, apparently Homer is the fattest, so they decide to eat him. However, he's being told this by Chief Wiggum, which, no. Anyway, uh, Lisa shows up to save the day with a whole bunch of apples, uh, because apples, you know, wouldn't go bad or something or travel better. I don't know. Uh, and at this point, uh, everyone is happy. They've had their lives saved by apples, uh, except Mo is underneath Homer's coat, still eating him and pops out to say, oh, what? We're not eating Homer. Ha ha ha. Human flesh on a fork. Go to commercial. That's the that's the joke that ends the act. Right? Uh huh. Joke. Again, I'll put the, you know, sneer quotes around joke. Um, that's the joke that actually Mo is eating Homer. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. What does this have to do with Connie Appleseed? Apple save the day? I guess. Why yeah. are we why are the Donner why is the Donner what does the Donner party have to do with Connie Appleseed? Because apples saved their lives when they didn't want to eat them before. That's which okay, real quick, tiny little history <laughs> lesson here. I just have to, I have to, because there was a stuff you missed in history class about Johnny Appleseed. And one of the things I found fascinating was one, Johnny Appleseed, uh his big thing was just Going someplace uh, because they used to do homesteads where they said all you have to do uh, we will give you this huge plot of land. All you have to do is farm it. He would get a whole bunch of those. He would plant apples and then he would basically go bankrupt. And, and the thing was these weren't eating apples. These were apples to make cider because they were really crappy apples. So history lesson, you wouldn't want to have wouldn't wanted to have eaten the apples that Johnny Appleseed planted. You, again, Matt, it doesn't matter. The, 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 none of this, I know the, there's none of the, none of this. They don't like. The end of this is them lapsing into cannibalism because oh, cannibalism is hilarious. Apparently, this is a Trials of Horror episode, actually, after all. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's it. 15 minutes in, Matt. 15 minutes in. So that was that was literally a five-minute segment about Connie Appleseed. It was, it was surprisingly tiny considering how long uh, the it, first uh, one about Paul Bunyan was. Uh, yes. Um, surprisingly, the one startingly says the shortest. Hmm. Um. The third act is Bart and Nelson as Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, which one that's good casting. Indeed. Two. I, this is the segment I like the most because it actually has a couple moments of cleverness. Not a lot, but something, something. There's something here. This is written by uh, Matt Selman, which I think explains that there are a few moments of cleverness. Um, yeah. But and Lisa, they immediately Lisa's like, "That's not a tall tale. That's just a book written by Mark Twain." And the the and immediately the hobo's just like, "Give me a break, cut me some slack," which is literally, I think that's just the writers going like, "Come on, this is what we thought of. We didn't have to think of it. We didn't want to think of a third one that's re that's just a tall tale. We didn't want to do John Henry or whatever. So we do Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, sure." Um, so we start off with the the, the fence painting stuff, the, the fence painting gimmick, uh, where Nelson is instead of tricking boys into painting the fence for them, he is just bullying boys into painting the fence for them. All right, that's something. It's actually referencing the book, at least. Uh, Nelson and Lisa touch hands briefly, so now they are Nelson is being forced into a shotgun wedding to get married. Ha 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 sure uh like there's at least a plot in this one matt that's true 
it's very tiny, uh, and it has Lisa being nothing like Lisa, but at least her voice is in it. I mean, it's a plot because, like, hey, Nelson is going to get forced to get married, he tries to escape, and there's a chase. And that's the story of this little segment, is Nelson and Bart escaping from Homer and the townsfolk. Like, it's not much, but it's something. What's the st- what's the story of the Connie Appleseed segment? She finds an apple tree, and then all the buffalo die, and then she brings apples to people that killed, that literally made an animal extinct. Like, that's not really a plot. There's no reason any of that stuff happens. Uh, the, the, the plot of the first one is Paul Bunyan is big, the town kicks him out, and then he goes back to save the town for no reason. So, like, there, I, there's reasons characters do things in the third act, Matt. I'll give it that, you know? That's it, true. Uh, it, it flows logically from one to the next. Characters have motivations. Nelson doesn't want to get married because he's ten years old or whatever. <laughs> okay, I get it. He doesn't want to get married, so he tries to run away. That's a, And he's trying to not get caught. It's a story, at least. Um, he switches place with the pigs. A pig. Pig. Sorry, not pigs. Uh, and this case with Bart. Tom, Tom and I'm just going to call them Bart and Nelson. I'm not calling them Tom Sawyer it, and Hudson. Yeah. Um, we get I this is my favorite part of the episode because it made me go, oh, that's that's clever. Uh, as a person who's read Mark Twain, they uh, we get some jokes about old timey foods. I'm considerable hungry. We got any food left? Hmm. Looks like we're out of corn pone, fat back, hard tack, fat pone, corn tack. Any tack back? Tack back? I mean, back tack. Plum out. One jug of whiskey, three plugs of tobacco, and some extra strength opium. That will be two cents, boys. <gasps> two cents? Hey, if you think my prices are high, go across the street. Thank you. Come again. Oh, he put the lard pone on top of the egg pone. I'm a sucker for the word pone, Matt. It certainly seems like you really like this one a lot more than I do. <laughs> I don't. I like that bit of writing because it is. It's actually, you know, it's it it is referencing the material it's actually sourced from, versus the Connie Appleseed thing is not referencing anything. Uh, the Paul Bunyan stuff is referencing. Hey, Paul Bunyan was big and he had an ox. There's literally nothing else that's like the. I guess the the frying pan, the big frying pan, was something in the original story. But this is actually like, hey, let's reference stuff in the original source. Like, hey, they had weird food names. Uh, kids could just buy op- like they sold op- opium over the counter. Something about the time period. It's something. It's something for me to grab onto. I didn't laugh at it. To be fair, I'm just I'm I'm trying to find sources of joy, Matt. You are, but good luck finding it here. Uh okay. So the they're they're run, they're down they're going down the river trying to escape. Uh, Homer, who wants Nelson to marry Lisa. So they are they are they've discovered that there are wanted posters for them. And the, the townsfolk and Homer are, they're on their tail, about to, to catch them. So they see a riverboat, uh, a paddle boat. Big, what do you call them? The big wheels? I mean, paddle boat's pretty close. There might be something new. No, oh, the, the big, there's another name for them, Matt. The big wheels boat. That's in the episode. What? There's another name for it. Is steamship? It's not a, is it steam? Who knows? It is steam, yes. Okay, sure. Steamship. And they, they are about to go on. They they grab onto the trying to get this straight in my head, man. They grab onto the edge, they climb up it, they grab onto the edge of a railing, and they are trying to not get 
They're trying to avoid attention. And then Dr. Hibbert, as I guess the conductor or someone on board the ship, starts singing Old Man River. So, and then they aren't even noticed. Then he steps on their hands and they fall into the wheel. The wheel actually launches them up in the air. Then they fall into the ship's bar. And Moe's there. And we get a couple jokes. What'll it be, boys? Just three X's for me. Give me five. This ain't no 5X whiskey. I can still see. That bar keeps a no good cheat. Cheat! All right, we've all got derringes. Now let's just put them away. Nobody here is a cheat. Cheat! Man, those Derringer bullets are weak. Powerful weak. Light out and stay lit up. Ah! So, we have uh, jokes about uh, cartoony alcohol, uh, jokes about westerns and people calling each other cheats, and jokes about Derringers being uh, not powerful weapons. And everyone having, yep. everyone having them. I, I think I also can. I, I think the 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 X's representing how how uh, strong the liquor is. I can appreciate that to a little in, in the same level. I appreciate corn pone jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I don't know, just derringers and whatever. Uh, Bart. And the boys get kicked out. You hear that? They fall. Then they sink to the bottom of the river. Where this is. And Matt, Matt, they are. They sink to the bottom of the river. And Homer and the townsfolk are there waiting for them with guns. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. I'm, I didn't hallucinate that. Right. That wasn't like a fever dream that actually happened. It is because I saw it as well. And when I saw it, I was like, what the heck? Those are not my exact words. Um. But, but yeah, yeah. And, and so they're caught. And that's the thing. That's like, like I said, the endings of these are terrible. And this is like, they just get caught. It just happens. They get caught. And then we see uh, Homer like have two nooses underwater. And then we cut to the funeral. I'm not, uh, Matt, they, we, from there we cut to the funeral of Huck mm-hmm. and Tom Sawyer. And there you get it's a hey, I don't know if you stopped me if you heard this one before, Matt, a double swerve where we get we get hey, remember, you think it's going to be this and then it's not this. And then it is the where we get to the funeral and they're uh, the, I think Rebel and Lovejoy is doing a, a eulogy. Everyone's sobbing. And then we cut and then the camera pans up. We have two caskets there. Camera pans up and we see smiling Bart and smiling Nelson, Tom Sardhook, Finn. Like as if, hey, no, no, they got out of this. They're they they got they found a way out of this this mess, and they're just laughing up there, being you know, ha ha ha. We're not actually dead. And then we, the, Reverend Lovejoy says the words. Now let's get to the lowering of the bodies into the caskets, and the we see that Bart and Nelson are dead. And their bodies are just frozen, rigid in that position, and then their bodies are lowered into the caskets. Mm-hmm. 
Why? Uh, because they thought it would be funny to misdirect you to think they're alive, but in fact they're dead. Why is it funny that they're dead? Because they don't understand what funny is. I don't like that's not again. That's not a that's not a joke. Well, that's, to them it is. Killing children is not a joke, Mike Scully. I mean, are you, are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure death is hilarious is uh, one like, of the, the things he lives by. Like that's the the joke here is in the books, they always nearly escaped death. And no, here they die. That's the joke. That is the joke here. That is that's all it is. There is nothing else to this joke. The joke is they live in the books. They die here. And we make you think they live for a second. And then, nope, they're actually dead. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then we cut back to the hobo. That's it. There's nothing else. What? What? It's so... It's not. This is nothing. I might as well just watch nothing, Matt. There's nothing here. Yep. Um. Probably the best option. So we... Like I said, they cut back to the hobo. Who's like, yeah, that's the last of their adventure. And then we see the end of the episode. Because the Simpsons have arrived in Delaware. And we got yet... Yeah, Another sponge bath joke. And that was Tom and Huck's last adventure. I like that story because I was a judge. Get away up. Well, this is our stop. Would you like to come sightseeing with us? We're going to visit the place where J.C. Penny sends their damaged merchandise. No, thanks. I'm going to keep on riding the rails, swapping stories for sponge baths. Ahem. <laughs> 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 I believe I told three stories. Oh, I'll meet you in Wilmington. Close the door. Raise your arm. Okay, the other one. You know, I do uh, 400 sit-ups a day. Oh, it shows. I was going to say something, but I thought it might sound, you know, weird. Oh, not at all. I like when people say nice things about my body. And it's important to feel good about yourself. Okay, spread your toes. Oh, you know how much glass is in here? Yep, it's funny. Sponge baths are hilarious. I, 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 don't, I don't know. What am I, how, how am I supposed to review this, Matt? How am I supposed to say, oh, this is, wh- how am I supposed to criticize, what is this? Like, it's an anthology story where they base it around tall tales and then go out of their way, for the most part, to avoid actually referencing them. Like, well, of course, because the Tall Tales are just a jumping off point to where they can tell jokes involving Simpsons characters that they can't work into a regular episode. Like, jokes about Homer being big? And jokes about dead children? And about killing Buffalo? Like, that's... I, I Like, the joy of Simpsons satire and parody is of them intimately understanding the source material and meshing that with the Simpsons style of storytelling and using both of them together to explore something interesting. This is nothing. It's, it's vomit. It's a first draft. Like this is where you start and you rip out 75% of it and rewrite it. Yep. Hopefully. I mean, you would hope anyway. And then you do that again and again and again and again. You know, Unless you, you want to leave at five on a Thursday. It seems every time you make that joke, Matt, you move up the time of the day. It, it's like it's... Yeah. Now we're up to Thursdays. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It. This is nothing. It, and like, I, this isn't even Simpsons Bible stories. 
like Simpsons Bible stories was boring, but it at least accurately like you like told the stories that they were musing for the most part. That's true, yeah. I mean, I there was no uh Goliath too or anything like that. But it I it, this episode makes me feel nothing. It doesn't pull anything at there's no it's not funny. It's 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 just there. It just happened. It's just 20 minutes of that's my Matt, this is my review. Me. Exactly. Me. That's the best you can do for this episode. Me. It's just a no it's just a it's a disinterested disinterested like meh. I don't it, it somehow frustrates me as just as much as last week's episode which is much a bigger mess. Like this episode at least moves very, really quickly like it's I don't like it doesn't it doesn't stop. It doesn't. I. I don't know. It commits less sins, but because I think that's largely because they didn't have to carry one single story over three arcs, three three acts. Excuse me. It, they just had you know three in, independent st- stories. Calling these any of these stories is some something else. Uh, they all end terribly. I think if the endings were better, I probably would be like, this is fine. But the endings are all miserable. They're all terrible. They're literally just like, oh, we ran out of time. Where 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 are the characters? That's where it stops. Anything else you want to add, man? Not really. Uh, I usually enjoy anthology episodes. I mean, even Simpson Bible stories, like Robbie said, had some redeeming qualities. But this, nope. Well, we're get out of the show. Now, is this episode broken? Uh, for my definition of broken, no. This episode should just never have existed. <laughs> I'm torn on it. I don't. I don't think it's broken. Like, I don't think anthology episodes can be honestly no that's true because they they have a basic premise and just doing them badly is not enough to make them broken i don't know i think it's just by my gut feel i'd say no but it's not doesn't make it good um but we can move on to our next segment it's time for comments of the news group okay here we are alt.nerd.obsessive Comments News Group is where I come through the old alt TV Simpsons News Group, see what people were talking about a week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, if there's any other interesting notes that people uh, discovered back there in early internet days, might have to be switching over to no Homer's the No Homer's message board at a certain point, Matt. We're oh, get, no. We're, we're getting there. It's the early 2000s, 2001, a couple more years. There won't, I don't, news groups might, you know, we'll see how long they last. Uh, I got, again, handful of reviews. You ready for, ready for them, Matt? Ready. Okay, first review. This was a rip-roaring good episode of the kind we haven't seen enough of lately. Although I'd say the Paul Bunyan vignette was the best. Lisa's criticism of the story makes you think she'd be at home in this group. The flume ride gag was priceless. I think Tall Tales gets the first A of the season. Okay, maybe I do like these anthology episodes better than the others, mainly because they can cram three complete stories plus the links, but those aren't quite as interesting quite as interesting into one show a minus so we get an a and an a minus matt we sure did uh next after annoying simpsons on travel start the episode improved to an acceptable anthology show my favorite bit being paul bunyan and my least favorite being connie appleseed all three segments were still enjoyable though not great they ruined the mark twain story by trying to mention too many chapters and the connie appleseed bit was being too preachy and too short to be really memorable still no big non-structural mistakes all in all a b minus and finally, an awesome season comes to an average end. Simpsons Tall Tales was an uneven effort at its best, putting on hilarious gags like the 99 cent store and its worth serving up immature jokes about buffalo testicles and sponge bathing hobos. But as this is the last episode of Mike Scully's last season, I'll give him credit. He's done much worse than this one. C plus. <laughs> well, that is definitely true. 
Um, I don't know. It's, there's, I, I don't, I don't know why people give this thing credit. It does nothing. I don't know. Uh, they did define that someone looked up pone meant. Oh, good. I, I would like as to know. In, as in corn pone first appeared in 1634. Uh, uh, the the word pone did, a- apone, mod- uh, uh, Algonquin apone was first recorded in 1634, I suppose, and then corn pone first appeared in 1859. Corn bread often made without milk or eggs and baked or fried. I don't know how you make cornbread without milk or eggs. Like, is it just That's a darn good? Is question. it just butter? Like, just corn mil- cornmeal and butter and water? Probably. I, ugh, I, corn bone doesn't sound too good. Maybe if you had enough butter, it'd be okay? I don't know. I uh, I can tell you, like, yeah, hardtack and fat. Fatback is literally just lard from a pork, from a pig. Uh, hardtack is, like, really gross bread. <laughs> that you, unleavened bread, right? Yes. I don't I don't know. It's really gross. It's very hard. You basically need liquid to to eat it. It's, 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 it lasts a long time, which is, I think, what most people were actually concerned about at the time. All right, Matt, it's time for our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite moment from a supporting child character? Uh, tons of good answers. Thanks to everyone for answering the question. Our first answer is from AJ. There's a ping of nostalgia, whatever I think of Millhouse entering Thrillho into his new video game. Having games just a little too long entered in old games is something many of us, I imagine, can relate to. From John, when Martin is actually when Martin actually stood up for himself a bit during show and tell, the fact that it was over a lousy geode is just perfect. Uh, Lauren, by far it has to be Ralph at the end of Lisa's rival. Uh, Ralph, I bet my Wookie. Uh, Lisa, hey Ralph, want to come with me and Allison to play anagrams? Uh, Allison, we take proper names and rearrange the letters to form a description of that person. Ralph, my cat's breath smells like cat food. Lots of Ralph answers, Matt. I'm shocked. Shocked. Not at all shocked. Yes. Uh, from Chris, during the Hamlet segment of Tales from the Public Domain, uh, from Mo. Now, Hamlet, you know the rules. Laertes here gets one practice stab. Ralph, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Ralph then probably stabs himself with his sword and dies. I was laughing so hard the first time I saw this, I missed the rest of the episode. Oh, boy. Uh, from Sergio, Milhouse's Moses. Screw this, I'm converting. Save us, oh mighty raw. Uh, I think it was funnier in the Latin dub. Uh, from Eric, I like Delson C. near the end of 22 short films where people of Springfield collectively get their revenge for all those ha-has. Uh, from Zach, look, fellas, the first stab dragon of the season. Very good. Oh, Lord. Uh, from Lauren, Elkham88. Hark to the tale of Nelson and the boy he loved so dear. They remain the best of friends for years and years and years. Seems pretty accurate. A song by Martin Prince. <laughs> uh, from Derek at Ismus Derek. I begged you to look at my first. I begged you. A uh, little fat boy and all of us can relate to Uter. Indeed. Now I'm in the mood for some Uter Broughton. Uh, from Chris. Aww. Simply, me fail English? That's impossible. Like I said, Ralph. And finally from Gil, 
Hi guys, personally, every episode that shows the softer side of Nelson is a must-see, sobbing while watching Annie Williams, crying about her mother's lack, uh, his mother's lack of a good job, or trying to be a good boyfriend to Lisa. Nelson is such a well-rounded character. I have to give the prize to Lord of the Dance and the Huckleberries talk. He starts by praising the quality of fresh Huckleberries that the kids usually beats, only realize this role in the school hierarchy and scream, I kicked the guy's ass! Skinner leaves and he goes back to his true self. Now, the berries are too tart, I just dust them with confectioner's sugar. To everyone's amazement. Amazing. Keep up the good work. Matt, what's your answer? I have to say, uh, this episode—it's—I honestly am not a hundred percent sure of the episode, uh, but it's where Nelson gets taken into the Simpson uh, family house, and uh, Bart is, of course, uh, you know, disturbed. And there's a point at which uh, Marge gives uh, Nelson some money for milk or lunch or something, uh, and then. Uh, Nelson's mom comes back and throws it at her saying his her son doesn't need charity and the downtrodden look uh that Nelson gives at that point is just like just heartbreaking and it's really up to the animation staff who did a fantastic job. I don't think he says anything at that point it's just it's beautiful and hard to watch you chose a sweet one I did just but it's just Nelson gets me every time because I feel so bad for him I believe that is sleeping with the enemy yes um, my, it's, this is an easy answer, but it's the one I immediately springs to mind. Usually that's what I go with. It is Millhouse being the dud in summer four foot two. Oh, nice. And Mel, yeah, Millhouse, you're the, you have, your Millhouse is the dud. Simple. Accurate. But true. Um, next week's question, guys, is what is your favorite moment from season 12? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dig in a little bit for this one, Matt. Yeah, because there aren't a lot of good ones to choose from. I mean, to be fair, it's probably going to be easier because I just look at the best or top ranked season 12 episodes and it's probably going to be from one of those. That's true. It won't be too difficult. Uh, but I'll post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Shot. Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. And you can email us at Simpsons Pod at gmail.com. All right, Matt. We're here. Mm-hmm. It's time for our last No Google Trivia Challenge of the season. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. Matt has a six-point lead on me going into this episode, which is almost impossible to overcome. I'd have to get all my points, and Matt would have to not get any of his correct, which has happened, I believe, twice in our entire length history of doing trivia. Matt has gotten zero points twice. You never know. Over hundreds of episodes at this point. Never know. All right, Matt. Should you start or should I start? I think... I think think you should start, because if I get one right, you have no hope, and you don't have to try very hard. (laughs) Great. I'll start then. Give me a question. All right. What country does Mr. Burns try to buy in The Trouble with Trillions? Cuba? You are correct. Cuba. The Trouble with Trillions. Your questions are from season one, Some Enchanted Evening. Oh, God. The Simpsons are victimized by who? Uh, I believe it is the Babysitter Bandit. That is correct. Lucille Botts or Botsakowski. You're correct, Matt. it's okay there's a chance you'll get my other questions and it won't be quite so bad oh good great perfect makes me feel much better Uh uh-huh so uh 
your medium question, what does Che Guevara advertise in Cuba? <laughs> Matt, you're making some broad assumptions of my of me remembering the trouble with trillions. Um, cologne? Uh, I'm sorry, it is Duff. Oh. El Duffo o Muerto. I don't, again, I don't. I I barely remember that it's an episode, Matt. I don't. Your medium question: What is Doctor Marvin Monroe's phone number? Uh, is it five 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 pain? Yes. Oh man, nice. So, I was only about seventy five percent sure. What's my hard question? All right. Uh, Homer, as part of his squealing, gets his coworker Charlie arrested. Why was Charlie planning on assaulting government officials? Um, fluoride in the drinking water. Uh, it's actually better than that. It is. They were dragging their feet on HDTV. I mean, to be fair, they were. That's true. They were. All right. Your hard question, Matt. What is the title of the videotape that Bart and Lisa watch? Okay. Um, the happy little elves meet snuggly wuffle duck or something like that. It is the happy little elves meet the curious bear cub. The Curious Bear Cub. I'm thinking of a different episode then. Uh. It is rated Triple G. <laughs> triple G. Ooh. I know. I know. <sighs> Sorry, Robbie. Matt, we finished the season with our lowest scores ever. Matt wins 42 to 34. I managed to get one point out of on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Out of 15 out of 22 episodes, Matt, I got one point. Hey, it happens. You got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 times. You only got one point. Hey, that's that's how that works. Yeah, I know. That's how – yeah, I understand how it works, Matt. You're smarter than me. You're better at trivia. So, yes, you get more points. I understand how that's – yes, that, you're correct. That is how no, that works. No, 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 Just so happens. Just so happens that you're better at trivia than me, usually. Um, again, we've been really slacking on our punishments, and I don't. we're not going to do anything hugely punitive anymore. Uh, but I'm, we're going to come up with something. We're going to have a meeting of the minds. Matt still has to pay for last season. That's true, I do. Uh, as long as there are no food challenges. I have I had an idea, but it was a food challenge. Yeah, sorry, no. No, I'm not, not eating random things. I, I It's I, not it won't be random, Matt. Well, not random, but it will be awful, I'm sure. Um yeah. <laughs> not terrible. Not as bad. It wouldn't be as bad as any of the things mm-hmm. we've already eaten. It would be better than probably most of the things we've already eaten. I mean, it it will probably be on par with the the milkshake. Ooh. Which wasn't so bad. Milkshake wasn't. Uh, it was all right. Milkshake wasn't so no, bad. No, it wasn't. No, it was awful. You didn't even eat the milkshake. You don't know. I I know enough. All right. I I, it I tasted don't want mostly, to waste calories on something awful like that. It tasted mostly like milkshake. Um, frosty. Mm. The frosty redeemed that thing. Otherwise, if there wasn't frosty in that, oof, oof, doofa. That would have been really bad. But the frosty made everything go down a little bit better. Um, but we'll do. We'll have another contest next season. We probably need a firm upper. It's just difficult. I already get punished enough by the Scullyers. I think I get double punished because I'm bad at trivia. It hurts. Well, it yeah, hurts. It hurts, yeah. Matt. All right. Matt, you ready? Ready. For, ready for our final second. It is time 
for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Let's go, let's see, down towards the bottom of the list. Shocking. Well, I mean, we already said this wasn't as good as Simpson Bible Stories, right? Correct, which is at 231. So it's going to go lower than that. Yes, it will go lower than that. However, we're getting to the point where lower than that, there's like a wide swath of episodes. Um, I think it's worse than Homer's Odyssey. Yep. I don't know about too far below that, though. That's true, because uh, too below Homer's Odyssey is Monty Can't Buy Me Love. So it, I don't think it's bad enough that it's worse than having the Loch Ness Monster. I I wasn't necessarily saying that, man. <laughs> I would say on I would say I was kind of thinking that it wouldn't go lower than Pygmalion. I think it's better than Pygmalion, but I honestly think Lonnie Can't Buy Me Love is better than this. Really? Wow. All right. I I think I think it's better than this. I th- it's I I don't know. Beyond Blunderdome, I'm going to Praise Land are both bad. Um, I think Beyond Blunderdome is better than this. Really? Okay. I think so. I think it is. I would say even I'm going to praise Lee. Like, they're, they're bad episodes, but, like, they have moments of, like, something. What is in this? Absolutely. Okay, if we're going by that, I would say this is right above The Great Money Caper, because even Pygmalion and A Tale of Two Springfields have a little tiny bit of something that makes them interesting or have a good premise or just something. The Great Money Caper and right below that Skinner Sense of that's where it gets just absolute nonsense. I don't know. I remember all I remember about Pygmalion, Matt, is Homer and Moe being sociopaths. And Moe, like the ending of Pygmalion is Moe just getting his face smushed again. And it just goes back to its normal shape. And they just make a joke about it and then it's over. And that that's after the, the, the nothing meaningful happens and he doesn't learn anything about looks. Maybe I just enjoyed soap opera jokes. I, I, I think it's... Homer is so unlikable in Pygmalion. I mean, that's true, but Homer's unlikable in everything. <laughs> I think I can... In this, it doesn't bother me as much because he's playing other characters. Technically. Technically, it's not Homer in any of these little... These little bits. You know, he's Paul Bunyan. Or he's like uh, some... Some... Uh, ex- explorer. Or whatever. Or a, yeah, he's not. Or a, he's a robber baron, or whatever he is. And Mark and uh, Huck Finn. I don't know what he is. He's just yeah. a dude with a beard. Um, I can't, Matt. This is where I'm at. I barely remember the Great Money Caper. I I remember Con. How does that end? What? How, how does the Great Money Caper end? Uh, that is the one where uh, Marge tricks Homer and Bart into uh, believing that Willie is going to go to jail, and Willie steals the gun and uh, oh no, kills everyone. Oh yeah. no, yeah, oh yeah. no, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I had forgotten about it. I had forgotten about. Oh no, Matt, what is? <laughs> That's why I'm saying, man. No, it's definitely better than that. Yep, I agree with you there. Um, oh my god, that happened, didn't it? Oh no, I had stricken that from the record. Someone in some part of my mind goes, oh, you need to live longer, Robbie. We need to cut that out. 
that's gonna take the years off your life. Um, okay, that's fine. We can put a. It's above that. That's fine. I don't yep. care. That, that's, that's where I'm liking it. Yeah, that's okay. Oh my! Now you that just oh <laughs> did, I, did I sadden your day? I forgot. I li- I'm not lying. This is not an act. I had forgotten about that. That's where. That's how bad it has gotten. Where I had forgotten about that terrible, terrible ending. Oh, that happened, and they go surfing. Oh, that's how it ends. Oh no! Surfs oh. up. Oh no! Oh, they go surfing, Matt. They go surfing. Uh huh. Just terrible endings. Everything's just terrible. Oof. Okay, Simpsons Tall Tales. That puts us. That's new number two thirty nine on the list. Um, it's a new forty seven. Uh, among the post golden years ranking still last place is simpson safari at number 254 first place is homer's enemy season 12 is over next next week we'll be doing season 13 starting our journey into season 13 season 13 starts with trios of heart episode which uh this these are the um let's see gypsy curse uh pierce brosnan robot house and Harry Potter, which I remember Pierce, the Pierce Brosnan Robot House being good, at least. That's true. I don't remember the other ones at all, but we'll we'll see. We'll get there. I, it's still a... We're almost out of the skull years. We're almost there. Almost. Just we're, five we're, more episodes. We're get, a couple get, of those I kind of remember as being good, so let's try. We're going to... We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there five more. It's like a count... It's just like... I, I'm going to start one of those little... One of those websites that have the pre-made countdowns. I'm just going to... Five weeks yeah. until I'm now, out. Just so you know, once the Scully episodes are over, we still have Brawl in the Family, Sweets and Sour Marge, uh, Tales from the Public Domain, Weekend at Burnsies, uh, and Matt, I believe the Frying Game. Matt, mm. I'm not saying that we get <laughs> good episodes all of a sudden. Like, it's not back to the golden years. I'm just saying that we're going to begin the journey to excise all the scullier tendencies out of the show. And I will happily settle into a bland Al Jean episodes. Happy. Happily. There's going to be problems. There's going to be road bumps. There's going to be bad episodes. Still, there's we still got Marge breast implants. We still got the Screaming Pillar. We got Brazil. There's bad episodes coming. But I refuse to believe that they are going to be just settle into this just endless journey into insanity and cruelty that has what has become the scully years i refuse i will i will re, i will take back my statement if i'm proven wrong and that al Jean's season early seasons coming to back into i'm i i will i will i i will i will take this man okay i will i will yeah. take al Jean again i will i will after this i Indeed. i i <clears throat> Five weeks. Five more weeks. I can do it. Um, you can find this list at our website. It's com. Links to everything there. Facebook, Twitter, RSS feed. Link to our Patreon if you want to help us out. Throw the show a couple dollars. We'd really appreciate it. Um, help pay for the hosting. And we have many, many episodes now. Uh, it's, it only gets more expensive. Um, that'll do it for us this week. Um, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman and at my website, everything I do, RobbieDorman.com links to all my podcasts, 
other two, Handsome Boys Comics Hour, it's about comic books, and The Serial Fanaticist, about lots of nerdy things I enjoy talking about. Uh, and you can also find a link to my debut horror novel there, Conquest, the tale of a small northwestern mountain town besieged by werewolves and wildfires in the midst of a culture war. You can read it for free on Kindle Unlimited. Matt does it's not... great, guys. You should really, really check it out. See, Matt's, I'm going to put just Matt's blurb on the back cover. Matt, Matt. It's really, really good. (laughs) It's really, really good. Yeah, that's what everyone like. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Yes. However, uh, it is currently extremely hot uh, here in Florida. I believe today it crashed to 95 degrees. So I've decided that I will spend the rest of the summer in a body of water at all time. And as you know, all bodies of water are connected. So if you just push a message down and the bottom of any uh, body of water larger than, uh, you know, probably 40 or 50 liters, it will pop up in its destination automatically. It's kind of magical, honestly. Uh, that's, why, that's why springs are there because, you know, they're all connected. Uh, springs are obviously connected directly to the Arctic. That's why the water is so cold. So if you have a message, just find a nice body of water, put your message in and just push it down to the bottom as far as it can. It will pop up wherever I am because it's magic like that. I don't think. All water is connected, Matt. Well, you're living in a very unmagical world, and I feel sorry for you. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.